Hi everyone, this is Kishore Chandra and uh, we are going live for Chit Chat with myself and Jai Jagannath Prabhu and we come on here every night at 6pm please forgive us for the last two nights um, I was doing some traveling, changing my location in the world uh, two days ago and then Jai Jagannath was doing some traveling and changing his location in the world yesterday uh, so because of that, our internet was a bit shoddy, uh, but we just tested the connection uh, a few moments ago, and so it should be fine, hoping, hopefully it doesn't act up. Um, but yeah, we'll start shortly as soon as Jaya signs on, so we shall see. Welcome Madhava Puri, welcome Steffi. Welcome, Ito. Welcome, everyone. Uh, we'll get started in just a moment. Just waiting for our dear Jai Jagannath to sign on. Um, yes. Welcome, everyone. Hari Bol, Hari Krishna. Jaya is here. So we'll get started in just a moment. Okay, hopefully everything. Hi. Hi, Bull. So it's working. It appears that way. Yes, it appears that way. <laughs> hopefully the appearances will remain. <laughs> hopefully the appearances will remain. Ah, uh, that's true. I was just explaining to everyone, please forgive us for the last two nights because two nights ago I was changing my location in the world and then yesterday you were changing your location in the world. So our internet was a bit shoddy, but now we're almost settled in our new location. How are yeah. you? Carolina? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina now um, in a place called Prabhupada Village. Oh, wow. It's quite rural in this area. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it other than rural. So very peaceful, very quiet, mm. um, far away from the city for the most part, any city. Mm. So I, I should be here for a few weeks and then I might be transferring out of the country myself. So we'll see. <laughs> Jai, get out of the U.S. That is... <laughs> I successfully made it out of the United States. Everyone. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I am no longer in the United States. I'm in South America and Ecuador. And it's really interesting, you know, it's really interesting. To, whenever I leave the United States, I'm just like, there's so much that comes up and there's so much, it, it just gets very interesting because all of this, how do I say this without sounding like, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to try, I'm just going to try to be observational instead of because i think that in i think that sometimes what ends up happening or maybe it's our generation maybe it's our western culture i'm not i'm not quite sure about it but everything here at least in other countries perhaps it might be different but even though the realities of life are similar right there's still suffering there's still pain there's still a huge gap between rich and poor if not more in a country like this things just seem a little less sensationalized. And 
even though, and, and, and it's actually a question that I have, you know, it's a question that I have because I think that there is a, that there is something to be said for a people or a culture that are just like, yeah, these are the realities of life or this is the reality of the political system. Like I've been talking to a lot of my family over here and it's almost like there's, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. There, it's almost like there's this deep-seated disbelief in, in like politicians and government to the extent of like, kind of just like taking it as it is. They're like, yeah, they're corrupt. Yep, they steal money. Yep. You know? Yeah, like, it's just another reality of life. It's just another reality of life. And there's less of this, like, there's, th there's less of this, like, you know, take matters, not take matters into your own hands, but less of this, like. We need to change it. We need to change it and we need to figure it all out and this and this and et cetera. And I'm wondering about that because I think that like sometimes the we need to change it can be a, or I, I, I don't know. It sometimes it seems like it can be like a false promise or like a false premise perhaps of like, we, we can change the system, you know, like we are working Kali Yuga, who cares? We can change it. Like we can change the nature of Kali Yuga. <laughs> and to me, that's always seemed like really off because you know, we've seen at least in our in our lives, like we don't even need to go to the macro. We don't even need to go to like the political systems. We've seen in our lives how difficult it is to change things, you know? That's the thing I've always, that's honestly the most fascinating thing about that. When, when I've been talking to my friends outside of a chit chat sort of context, but when I'm talking to my friends and some of my friends and we're like, we need to change this or that. I'm like, I'm having a hard time changing like the small aspect of my life. And that's on a very small level in a realm that I have complete control over. Mm. What to speak of changing um, a whole community. Yeah. You know, we're like in a, a new community. And whenever you transfer to a new community, you learn about all the politics of that community. Yeah. This is my first day here, so I haven't heard it. But two of our roommates, they've been here for a, a one, two weeks, another week. So they're already getting familiar with all the politics of the community. And one of my roommates is extremely passionate. So he's talking about changing like the, the political situation of this community, mm. which has been like this for, you know, decades. Um, and I'm like, bro, you can't even stop. Anyway, I'm not gonna throw his business out in the street, but you can't even stop dot, dot, dot. And now you're gonna change a whole community. Mm. And then what's the speak of bringing it on a like state level? What's the speak of a whole country level? So um, someone said over enthusiasm, I would, if in the language of the Gita, we would say false ego. Mm. This ego, Krishna says, that those who are veritably befooled by ego think they are doers of acts that are actually done by nature itself. Now, this is obviously speaking to a, a more metaphysical idea of how jivas are under the control of nature itself. But mm. being under the control of nature, when you look at, if we have to look at this metaphysical principle in terms of what's happening in the world, then <clears throat> basically the modes of nature, they always are vying for supremacy. Krishna speaks about this in chapter 14 of Gita. So sometimes goodness prevails over passion and ignorance. Sometimes passion prevails over goodness and ignorance. 
sometimes ignorance prevails over um, passion and goodness. Mm. So when, when it's a time for a particular um, guna of nature to be dominating, then those who are in that guna, they will have an edge when it's their time. You'll see this in the Bhagavad Purana, often like when Varaha Dev was fighting Hiranyaksha, and the day was like, hurry up and kill him because if the nighttime comes, that's the time when the Asuras get power. Mm -hmm. So you need to hurry up and kill him before the nighttime comes. You know, and so there's, there's this idea that powered by that guna. So we're in the age of Kali, which is the time. And not that we shouldn't try to change things as such necessarily, but just putting it into perspective of our, of our metaphysics. Yes. You may be you may be investing your energy into something that is ultimately going to be totally futile because it's not the time for goodness to be prevailing, unfortunately. So if you don't have a real purpose in life, or, or say it another way, because it's something I've been kind of observing, if your purpose in life is hijacked by the need to change something that may actually not be changeable, mm -hmm. then what will, you, what will you end up? What will, what will be your life? Mm. I, I'm, I've been trying to find something. And oh, like my okay. My phone is like in on my computer, and if I move my phone, I moved it like a little to the right, and I noticed that the connection like. <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't. Maybe I'll move it to the left this time because I can't read anything that's on my screen. But there's this purport that I was I, this morning in our in our Bhagavad our sangha, we I put this on the chat and I had something to say about it, but I didn't because it was so early for me. It was like. It's it's an hour behind here, so I was just like horizontal. So early is <laughs> wait, bro. We meet at nine o'clock. Yeah, so it was eight o'clock for me. That's so <laughs> early. Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me. Okay. But I'm trying to find that place where Prabhupada is saying like, I had copied and pasted it. Oh yeah, here it is. I found it. All speculators must disagree with other speculators. And otherwise, why should there be so many people, why should there be so many opposing parties concerned with ascertaining the Supreme Cause? And what I was going to say about that, and especially to your point regarding like the gunas of nature and which guna of nature is kind of predominant right now. And obviously that's, you know, Rajas and Tamas. And so it's like, um, when I read that, when I read that, I just really think like, unless I am really, really, really like, doing my sadhana like doing like understanding what is the shastra saying understanding what is the spiritual practice saying like even if i veer off a little bit even if i like make some even if i think i'm making some sort of opinion but really it's my own opinion i'm speculating you know like i am speculating and i right. think like that line between like what is actually real or you know objective versus speculation is how do I put this? It's like a real thick line, but for some reason in our minds, we see it as like a thin line, you know? Like for us, it's a thin line of just like, I'm not speculating, I'm, I'm speaking truth, you know? Like right, so much right, of what right. we see, so much of what we see nowadays, I've been, re I've been reflecting on this a lot. 
so much of what we see nowadays is like, I'm speaking my truth or I'm yeah. speaking like what I feel. Yeah, speak that, truth to power. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It just seems so, what's the word I'm looking for? Like constructed. It seems so like, okay, I'm going to be super frank. And I feel this every time I leave the United States. Whenever I leave the United States and I see like other countries, even though, especially like other countries that aren't quote unquote as developed, whatever that means, you know, because we're seeing that that like developed country or first world nation, it's not doing that great for us in the United States right now. <laughs> but whenever I leave the United States to other quote unquote less developed countries, I always feel like I get this immediate gut feeling that it's more real over here. And in the United States, it's more contrived. I love that word, Madhavapuri. Yeah. It's yeah. more contrived. Like it's more like it's these it's very we've talked about this a lot on chit chat like very image based like very like you know my truth based or my feelings based like this and so it becomes a society of you know you posted this and so it becomes very much a society of of speculators a society of influencers you know are you still there, Jaya? I'm still here. Now it's your turn to have oh, okay. internet. For some reason. No, I think it fixed. I think it's fine. Hey, guys. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think, I'm Jaya? I'm still here. What do I think about what? Because you're going a little bit in and out with your that connection. <laughs> it was just fine. I moved the phone back to the center. Now it's my turn to have bad connection, everyone. Um, so, yeah, were you asking? What was your question at the end? I missed. Yeah, like how do we? Can you hear me fine now? It seems that way. Yeah, I guess like. How do we reconcile trying to have any sort of like, quote unquote, real representation of like who I am as a person or what I'm supposed to do in this life or what my, you know, what my purpose is in society? When we live in a society, let's say like a Western society like the United States, where everything is so image heavy, everything is like this person's truth versus that person's truth. There doesn't seem to be any agreement on what an absolute truth is or what a Shastric truth is, what a spiritual truth is. Even if you talk to quote unquote spiritualists or yogis, this yogi might say one thing and this spiritualist might say another thing. And, and we kind of live in this strange image in the United States of just like, you know, we can all coexist and like your truth can be over there and my truth can be over here. But I think what's coming very much to a, a front right now is that people are realizing that that's not working out so well, you know? And I guess my question is like, for example, I'm coming over here to this reality in South America where those niceties are almost kind of like, those niceties are kind of like not taken at all, you know? There's no, there's no concept of like, oh, my truth or your truth. No, this is the, the truth, you know? The truth is that we live in a corrupt society. And like over here, it's just like, yeah, that's the truth, you know? Politicians are corrupt. Yep. They steal all the money. Like there's no note. I was even asking one of my cousins, like, so like, do people feel like they can change the system over here? And he's like, 
yeah, they do, but like it doesn't really happen because this is just the way that it is here. You know, it's like this is just the truth. <laughs> and like it, it like it kind of sh not shocked me because I've been here before many times, but it was kind of this like it was like a weird almost refreshingness of just like, oh yeah, I guess I guess this is just the truth, you know, even though it's not a convenient truth, even though it's not a truth that I might want to accept very easily, but they're just like, right. no, this is just the way that it is. And so I guess kind of that, that dichotomy or that, um, not dichotomy, but speaking about the United States, I guess my question is, how do I understand or how do I, how do I understand myself? How do I understand how to move forward in a place where it seems like it's all relative truths? You know, like going back to what Prabhupada was saying, all speculators must disagree with other speculators. And that's what we're seeing so much of right now. This person says this, that person says that. And it's just this like constant back and forth of my truth versus your truth. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I don't think, it's, it seems that the nature of an absolute reality or truth proposition is that you're going to have more clarity about things because it's absolute. And the nature of relative truths is that it's going to be bewildering. So yeah. if you have a society that esteems the relative truth or the truth of the individual, um, above a sort of absolute understanding of things, then that culture is necessarily, by principle, a wilderness of sounds that will, by, by in principle, keep one utterly bewildered. When you live in a society that esteems an absolute reality or truth above all relative thinking, there's going to be a certain clarity in that culture. It doesn't mean it's something that's going to be very nice. I'm sorry to say, but my, my mind is going to Islam. Islam, well, like most uh, Abrahamic traditions, but I'm thinking about Islam specifically because they're pretty authoritarian, at least in their own countries. They have basically like, I think, I think they call them theocracies, right? Where there's like the leader is sort of like, uh, he's not God, but he's like basically the representative of God. And they have Sharia law, which is apparently based on the Quran and the Hadith. And it must be followed. They don't care who you are, what your understanding of things are. If you don't follow the, the, this understanding, then you're finished. Yeah. Um, or you're asked to leave the country or whatever. So there's a certain clarity in that. I'm not, I'm not like necessarily advocating for that per se. I'm just saying it's a principle. If something is absolute, it's clear. If something is relative, it's unclear by the nature of relative reality. It also seems to me that the cultures that um, your camera is a little blurry, but I think you can figure it seeing that now. Um, cultures that emphasize the absolute reality will naturally dominate, like in the long run, over cultures that um, that present a relative reality. I remember mm. seeing this meme a few years ago. I thought it was really, really funny. Um, the meme was saying something to the effect, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something to the effect that here in America, everyone has a voice. Mm. And so, and then they had in the meme, these like dictators from other countries. Like a, there was like a Nazi, maybe or was a Stalin and they're like, well, we want our voices to be heard too. And it was like a meme that was kind of making fun of that position 
of giving everyone a voice mm. when some voices it would seem needs to be suppressed or certain ideas need to be suppressed like mm. fascism and so on so i thought it was an interesting meme showing that this position is inherently flawed in certain ways and it also appears to me if two if two cultures clash one that presents an absolute understanding of things versus those who present a more relative understanding if they show clash, like in a very sort of physical sense, also clash, like there's fighting, then the absolute culture is likely to win out because those on the relative platform can't agree on anything. Mm. Nothing's absolute. And I, I, I largely feel that we do face that in, the, in our country, well, the United States at least, because now you're in Ecuador. So I don't know if I should say our, you don't even identify as a full American. So I don't know. No, nope. <laughs> I, I get to be here because I'm a citizen. Woo, woo. <laughs> So you see how, like, here we are in the United States, and no one can agree with each other. Mm. We're literally doing the work. Like, if there was an enemy of the United States of America, whether it's Russia or this country or that country, they don't have to do anything but pull out the popcorn because we <laughs> over here are destroying each other because we can't agree on anything. There's uh. no host. I, we spoke about this a few weeks, maybe a month ago. There's no host culture. There's no host philosophy or metaphysics to guide its people. So it's mm. just a free for all. And we're clashing and kind of ripping each other apart because we can't agree. Everyone's mm. looking at each other in terms of friends and enemies, yes. Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, demon, angel. And in this way, we're like at war with one another, all because there isn't a like root metaphysics to give guidance to the people as a whole. So yeah. it seems if these two sorts of cultures clash clash with each other, the absolute culture is likely to win out. I'm, this is going to sound political because I'm not that into positives. I just these are things that come up in my psyche when I reflect on these sorts of root metaphysical ideas. I'm looking at like UK for example, where the the Islamic population is increasing a lot over there from what I hear, and they want Sharia law implemented. And so they have, I think in the UK, they have places where if someone's, a, like if an Islamic person does a crime, they can go to the Sharia law courts in order to be dealt with. So now Sharia law clashes a lot with the liberal principles of a UK culture. You know, there's, there's going to be an intense clash on a lot of elements. And so what happens when you come to a point that's irreconcilable. You have a, a UK that's like, well, everyone should have a voice. And then you have an Islam that's like, only we should have a voice. Like, not, not saying that they exactly say that, but Sharia law says this and only this should be implemented. Mm. So that's going to be a point of tension that's irreconcilable. So then who's going to win out at the end of the day? Mm. Now, it appears to me that, that those cultures that are more absolute, they tend to over cultures that are relative <laughs> because they all agree. Sharia law, Quran, you know, boss, this must be followed. Whereas those cultures who give a lot of voices, they don't have that sort of strength in numbers, I'm going to say. They don't have that sort of mm, solidarity amongst their people. Yes. Are you, you know what I want to say? Yeah, I don't know if you're looking for something. I have one other point, but I'm going to suck to you go. Because we've spoken about we've spoken about host culture, 
And so I agree right. with that point. When everyone, when everyone supposedly has a voice or when everyone supposedly has an opinion, it just becomes a free-for-all. It becomes a, a melee, you know, it becomes a just, it just becomes insane. But I, I figured out, I remembered what I was, I, I finally figured out what it is that I'm trying to say. Um, because, I mean, these past three days have kind of been like a, a mishmash, a jumble for me. Like, on the day that I got on to the plane to come to Ecuador, I found out that one of the studios that I was teaching at, like, the physical space is no longer going to exist. Like, it closed. And not only that, but I don't want to get into too much details about this, but um, essentially... I brought this up a few chit chats ago, but about how like a lot of yoga studios or a lot of yoga studio owners are being accused of like cultural appropriation. Right. Some of them, some of them justly, and some of them not so justly, or, or stuff like this. And I think, you know, maybe this is a whole nother chit chat in and of itself, but I'll just make a quick, quick point because I think it makes sense to what we're talking about, and to what was I, and to what I was saying at the beginning in regards to the United States in regards to like a country like Ecuador. Um, or any developed country is, you know, I've been thinking about this concept a lot. I was actually going to post it on my Instagram today. I had it all written up and I was like, should I do this? I don't know. Um, but this Jivo Jivasya Jivanam. And Srila Prabhupada in the purport to that, to that verse. So Jivo Jivasya Jivanam is this idea that uh, the weak are the subsistence for the strong. The general rule holds that one living being is food for another, right? So this is, this is the nature of the material world, right? Like the food chain, the you know the alligator is there in the in the pond or in the marsh or whatever and you walk by you know you're a goner that's that that's the end you know and i i always like i always you know this idea that when you go to a zoo which i don't really go to zoos often but you can appreciate the beauty of uh the beauty and the grace of any animal at the zoo you know tiger elephant etc because they're behind bars the moment that the bars are replaced you become food for them right? Because this is the natural order of things. And it's almost, I guess what I'm trying to say is that in the United States, it seems to think in Western developed countries, it seems like it's almost hard for us, very difficult for us to accept that this is the nature of the world. And rather not accepting that it's like the natural law of existence without a spiritual basis, on a secular basis, we try to become, you know, we try to practice humanism or higher thought or hire this. And it's like, that's not going to happen if I don't have a spiritual basis. So in this purport, Prabhupada is saying, let's see, he's saying, yes, exploitation of the weaker living being uh, by the stronger is the natural law of existence. There's always an attempt to devour the weak in different kingdoms of living beings. And then Prabhupada says, there's no possibility of checking this tendency by any artificial means under material conditions. It can be checked only by awakening the spiritual sense of the human being by practice of spiritual regulations. Mm. And I like what he says next. The, the spiritual regulative principles, however, do not allow a man to slaughter weaker animals on one side and then teach others peaceful coexistence. And so we're getting right. into this. This verse, uh, Sid, is 113.47, Canto 1, chapter 13.47. And so you know, going to the yoga example or going to the United States as a country of the free where everyone is equal example. It's like there are all these lofty ideals, lofty ideologies. It's like we can coexist. We can tolerate one another. You know, let's talk, let's bring it down to the more micro level in yoga studios. We can practice, you know, 
quote unquote spirituality, but that's divorced from sacred texts, or that's like perhaps not presenting them in a in a authentic kind of way, and will be able to because uh, something that I've seen in this yoga studio example is that essentially the demise that I'm seeing a lot of is so many yoga studios. If you all don't know about this, it's happening like dominoes. It's like using <laughs> that. It's like they are trying to to be a business. You know, they're trying to be a business. And it's the nature of the Western world, specifically the United States, it's like it's a capitalistic society, it's a business, but in a business model trying to preach higher ideals and this. And traditionally, you know, these kinds of things are either donation based or not taking any, any Lakshmi at all, or it's, you know, there's, it's a different kind of system or like an ashram system where Prashad is given, like the Bhakti Center is a very nice example where so many classes are giving donation based like this. Anyway, but my point is, the long-winded point that I'm trying to make is that there seems to be there's these very lofty ideals, whether at the state level, whether at the business level, whether at the individual level, where I have these like very strong ideals, strong ideologies, but a perhaps unwillingness to accept the... Did I lose you, Jaya? Uh-oh. Oh, no. I think it's my fault, everyone. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, I think I'm still here. Am I still here, everyone? Can you all still see me and hear me? Please give a thumbs up or say yes. Hi, Krishna. Yes, okay, so I'm still here. Great. So it was Jaya's connection, everyone. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> He's blaming my uh, developed world, developing country um, connection, but you all can still hear me. So I think Ecuador's connection is just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sure Jaya will be back in a moment. I forgot what I was saying, but uh, I was in the middle of making a point and now I don't remember. <laughs> But I'm, I'm sure Jaya will be back. Uh, Jaya says, sorry, guys. Yes, Jaya. It was your connection. His phone was too hot? Oh, Krishna. And it just went out. What does that mean? How does your phone get too hot? That only happens when I'm at, like, the beach. Were you, like, in direct sunlight, Jaya? Are you coming back? Should we wait? He's not in Florida anymore. His, um, <laughs> Induleka Devi says his phone can't handle all the Shakti. It's true. <laughs> Jaya, are you coming back? <laughs> it wasn't even that hot in my room. Jaya, you need a new phone. Everyone is saying you need new internet. Sanjeevani is saying Sanjeevani is saying you need new internet and a new phone. I agree. <laughs> Jaya, you should just sit directly in front of the what's it called? The air conditioner to cool down the phone, yourself, the conversation. <laughs> uh, I guess we're waiting for Jaya's phone to cool down. <laughs> This is funny. This is a chit chat first, everyone. Yeah, his phone's too hot. 
His phone is too hot. I mean, he's typing from his computer. <laughs> Sanji Bunny Rada says, you need to get back to that orange wall, Jaya. <laughs> well, we already hit our 30 minutes, um, which was, I mean, it's a pretty successful chit chat. Uh, seeing that I'm in Ecuador and Jaya is now in North Carolina. So we're, you know, we're working from very different parts of the world. Um, stick it on top of some frozen peas or something like that. <laughs> Jaya says he knows what he has to do now. Okay. So maybe let's uh, wait it out for another few minutes and see if he gets back on. And if not, oh, Jaya can't even hear what I'm saying. Everyone else can hear me, Jaya. <laughs> Everyone else can hear me. They said they can hear me. <laughs> I am being a little shady. <laughs> Krishna. Um, but what I was saying was that we were having a successful chit-chat in the sense that it's we've we've done our 30 minutes. And even though I'm here in South America and uh, Jaya is in North Carolina, Induleka Devi is saying that maybe your battery is dying and getting too hot and it might be time to change the battery. This is possible, yeah. Sometimes when the phone's um die out the the batteries hmm jaya should we just should we just call it a chit chat call it a chat call it a chit and uh continue tomorrow because may, who knows how long your phone will take to cool down from the from the heat the heat of the conversation of the chat i think i think that is what we'll do everyone because we have hit our quota of half an hour. Although, although the conversation was just getting very nice. It was getting very hot. Um, but I think we'll do that. Let's continue tomorrow. Yeah, he can't hear what I'm saying. So we're going to call it, everyone. It was a nice uh, first attempt at international chit-chat. And hopefully tomorrow, Jaya's phone won't get too hot. I'm feeling kind of good because my my Ecuadorian internet was just fine. So I'm like, pat myself on the back for that one. But anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Um, thank you, Indulika Devi, Kavi. Thank you, Sid, for being there. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow because it was, it was getting good. It was getting real good. Uh, so thank you, everyone. And thank you, Jai, if you can hear me. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Madhavapuri. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Oh, man. Sanjeevani Radha, don't say that. <laughs> Jai, everyone. Hare Krishna. <laughs>